I think insecure coaches tend to try to pound their chest and say, and be more matter of fact that, no, by gosh, this is the right way to do it. Hello again, and welcome to episode 36 of the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and another special guest. Today's guest is not only a coach, but he's also played fast pitch himself at the highest levels. After a successful career in the minor leagues, he discovered fast pitch and went on to competing in the World Championships, taking home medals in the Pan American Games, and receiving All-American and All-World honors. His coaching career spans over 25 years with experiences and success from high school to D1. He's taken teams to state championships, recruited and developed players who made all-conference teams, and was most recently recruited by one of the top coaches and programs in the country. Though he'll never say any of that out loud himself because he really is that humble. Today we discuss his and the team's goals for the season, getting the team past potential obstacles, using humility and not ego to be a better coach, building trust with players, and more. We also have a personal challenge for you that we'll talk about at the end. But first, a little bit about our free training, the Dream Team Blueprint. We've spoken to hundreds of coaches who want to implement mental training more, and they know it's the answer, but they're strapped for time, you're trying things but not getting results, and you don't know where to start. Join us for our free training where we teach you the seven steps that will help you see your kids get better faster, spend less time spinning your wheels trying to do it all on your own, and most importantly, help you feel much more fulfilled, not just at the end of the season, but right now. Join us this week by heading to mentalsweetspot.com and signing up. And now without further ado, we cannot wait for you to learn from Texas Longhorns assistant coach, Carrie Shaw. Okay, coach, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the questions. Are you ready? Yes. So at the University of Texas, what big goals do you have for your team this season? You know, we, we um, came into a uh, very good situation here. The, uh, the cupboard was, you know, very, very plentiful. A um, lot of great returning players. And then, you know, you, you add in the girls that we've gotten, you know, obviously to transfer in at semester. And to be quite honest, you know, our goal is to make it to the World Series. Uh, you know, that's, that's the big goal first and foremost. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously along the way, you know, we, we hope to host a regional and a super regional. And, you know, we obviously would like to knock off Oklahoma and be the Big 12 champs. And, you know, but, but from my perspective of, you know, why uh, Coach White brought me on board, which I'm so appreciative to, to be brought into a, a situation that could be very special, um, you know, you know, obviously I need to help them, you know, come up with a significant improvement, you know, to the, you know, I believe it was a 268 team batting average. And then I think they had like a 342 on base percentage, you know, because their defense was lights out, their pitching wasn't bad. Uh, you know, they, they just lagged a little bit, you know, from the offensive side. So from a personal perspective, I want to help them make a significant improvement, you know, uh, offensively, you know, and I think we have the pieces that, you know, we can make a deep run and we can shock, you know, shock some people. I love the big goals, Coach. That's awesome. I, is that something that you and your players talk about uh, often? Are those big goals? Do you set those at the beginning of the season together? How does that work? Well, I mean, I think we, um, you know, I think we discuss them, but, but you know, it's obviously you got to trust the process and not get too, you know, hyped into the, uh, you know, always looking at the results. Um, 
you know, it's it's not necessarily the destination. You know, I hate to be so cliche. Uh, it's not necessarily the destination. You know, it's the journey to get there. And, you know, I think things will take care of themselves as long as we trust the process. We have the right people in place. You know, I'm extremely uh, fortunate to be brought into such a turnkey staff, you know, and Coach White and Coach Spencer and Coach Cuico and, and uh, you know, <laughs> They, they know what it takes. So I'm just so fortunate. So yeah, we discuss it a little bit, but you know, we try not to harp on it too much. Absolutely. And yeah, it is cliche because it's true. <laughs> if you only focus on that outcome, you're going to miss all the steps in between. So what do you foresee could be some of the obstacles along the way, even if they're just like obstacles, every team faces or particular to this team in this situation this year, how do you think you and other staff are going to be able to help them pass those obstacles? Well, <laughs> let's see. First off, there's about 31 teams or 32 or something that's on our schedule that I know they plan on being obstacles for us. Uh, so obviously, you know, we can't take any of them lightly because, you know, that's why we play the game. You know, you never know who's going to win. You got to go out and take care of business and, and, uh, you know, we won't get to host a regional or super regional if we don't take care of, you know, those 31 teams or whatever. Uh, specifically from a coaching perspective, obviously, like I alluded to on the last, you know, question, you know, that that batting average on base percentage, you know, we do. We do, those are the two big ones that jump out at me, you know, our, our strike zone discipline, you know, which obviously correlates with on base percentage. Uh, you know, we got to got to be a little bit better you know, at, at um, having a better command of our own personal hitting zones. Uh, I think too often they probably, and, and obviously being brand new, I'm just speculating, but just from looking from a statistical side of things, it looks like they gave a lot of at-bats away early, you know, early in the count. Um, you know, not very many walks drawn, um, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's the areas that I hope to help them improve. You know, and then obviously, you know, Coach White and Coach Spencer and Coach Cuico, they're amazing. You know, I'm 53 years old. I've been around high-level baseball, high-level softball, and I learn something every single day from those, you know, those three. They're amazing. So, you know, as far as obstacles that I foresee getting in the way, you, you know, we're going to have to be better offensively. because That's going to be a huge, you know, a huge thing that needs to be kind of corrected. I've noticed something with you. I asked you about uh, your own experience and I misspoke about your baseball experience and you're pretty modest. Do you find that you are maybe modest to a fault as a coach? Oh, maybe as I've gotten a little older, maybe when I was younger, I was pretty cocky and, and uh, you know, thought I knew everything, but you know, I, I, I came to the realization I'm just not that good of a coach. So you know, like I said, I learn something all the time. I think, you know, if you don't have that mindset that you're going to continue to learn, continue to get better at your craft, you know, you're going to pretty much, I guess, kind of make yourself extinct in the profession. I agree there. Coach, you said that you need to get better every day. And I, I love that because I, I think I'm, I, we're the same, you know, I think Mel and I are the same, right? We're constantly learning, constantly growing. And I've probably learned more in the last year, right? Doing this business and working with Mel than I have in the last five years. And it's amazing to grow. 
but how do you translate that to your players? Because you've lived it, right? You've lived it. So how do you translate that to getting better every single day to your players? Well, you know, I mean, I obviously try to share as many, you know, of my own personal experiences, you know, that, yeah, I've been around a lot and, you know, just the humbleness of it that you have to understand there's so many resources out there if you just seek them and, and keep an open mind. And, and, you know, so I'm just always trying to urge them to, you know, just because they've done it one way doesn't mean it's the best way. And we're always looking to, you know, maximize our own, from a, from a personal perspective, we're always trying to maximize our, our chances in each opportunity we have. So I just try to keep them, you know, tell them to keep an open mind. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a big boy. I'm, you know, I didn't invent softball, baseball, or hitting or none of that. So, you know, if, if something doesn't work, I want them to communicate with me. So I'd say the biggest thing is communication. Um, you know, obviously keep an open mind, but we have to communicate together. And, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, we're not spinning our wheels, so to speak. You know, not every single drill or every single cue or, you know, uh, approach or whatever you want to say, not everyone is cookie cutter for every single player. So a lot of it is, you know, just us learning each other, them having trust in me that I know them on an individual basis and I'm not trying to, you know, force just one cookie cut way into every single one of them. So communication, open-mindedness, um, being humble, you know, those kinds of things are the things I try to pass on to them that, you know, those are good qualities. I mean, obviously you got to have confidence. You have to have confidence. And I've told them, you girls are here for a reason. You're all extremely good. So, you know, I don't want the, I don't want to stunt their confidence, but I also want them to have that, that thirst and hunger to, you know, want to be even better. Oh, absolutely. And I think so many people are afraid that if they show a player that there's a better way that they're going to crush their confidence, but that to me is not true confidence. That's just comfort. <laughs> so I like that you're working through that with them, like in your manner. I can totally learning from you like, oh, okay, that's going to be hard and I'm going to hate it for a minute, but I trust you. <laughs> well, sometimes, yeah. And sometimes you got to, you know, step outside your box. And I mean, how are you going to know if something works unless you try it? And not everything we try is going to work. So, you know, obviously we have to, uh, at some point, evaluate and put the brakes on and say, no, 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 let's, let's, I see that may be affecting you in this way. You know, hitting, there is no, you know, what, what's the old saying? There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. I'm, I'm not sure who said it and why they were skinning cats, but but uh, yeah, I mean, everybody does it a little bit different. Yep, couldn't agree more. I disagree with cookie cutter, but hey, it works for some. Um, so go back to something else you said, you talked about building trust with them so that they trust these new things that you're doing with them. They trust that they will get through it with your help. What are some things, particularly being new to this team, that have really helped you build that trust between you and the players? Well, you know, I mean, I, it's a kind of a unique situation because, um, 
you know, Coach White knows me from, you know, our competition against each other, with each other. But, you know, coming into this, he, you know, he was the only one that knows anything about me. So, you know, Coach Spencer, Coach Quico, the, all the players, you know, so there's a, I'm not going to say they didn't trust Coach White's decision to bring me on board. That's not what I'm saying. But there's always a little bit of apprehension in, okay, uh, we know these other three coaches know what the heck they're talking about because they've been to five college world series is in the last, you know, six or seven years, you know, they're, they're pretty much turnkey. Uh, what about this other stranger? Who is he? Uh, you know, so, I mean, obviously there's, there's that trust that needs to be built. Um, you know, showing them that I am not the know all end all be all of, of hitting and hitting strategies and all that. Um, you know, the way I look at it and the way I've told all the girls is I may not connect best, you know, with all 18 of you hitters. You know, Coach White, even though he was a pitcher, he knows so much about hitting. Um, Coach Cuico, amazing. Coach Spencer, <laughs> you know, I mean, she was an amazing ball player, you know, national champion at Cal, uh, played in the NPF. I mean, they, they have so many resources to go to. And I'm not going to have my feelings hurt, you know, if they seek out to go to Coach Quico and, and you know, she helps them. Because I've told them, I said, you've got four hitting coaches here. You know, it's, it's kind of a unique situation. And, uh, you, know, you know, I always use the analogy, you know, a major league manager has seen so much baseball. I mean, you think about it, they're, they're usually a little bit older, a little bit wiser, been around, but you know, those major league coaches, those major league managers, I mean, they still have a third base coach. They have a first base coach. And what's really mind boggling is almost every single one of them has a bench coach, you know, an extra set of eyes to, you know, cause you're not going to see it all. You're naive. If you think you're going to see it all, there's just no way. And different sets of eyes see different things. And, you know, and that's what I've tried to relay to the girls is, is you know, hey, I'm not going to see it all. So if you come to me and I don't know the answer, we're going to go talk to one of the other coaches and see if we can get the answer or a different perspective. So I think when they see that, you know, I don't need to be the end all be all, you know, the, you know, the, need all the limelight and the praise as the hitting coach and, and, you know, it's just a title is all it is. We're, we all have one common goal, and that's to get to the World Series. You said you, t you really work to build trust with your girls and, keep, and you'd like to have those open lines of communication. What specific things do you do with them or talk to them about in order to achieve that? Well, I mean, obviously, there's no, you know, magic thing that we're doing that nobody else is doing. I mean, you know, we just try to keep an open door. We just try to, you know, make them understand this is not a, a intimidation factor. Uh, I'm not always right. Or what works for one player doesn't always work for the next player. Uh, they can obviously call, they can text, you know, email me, whatever, you know, especially once the season gets going, we'll obviously be having, you know, some weekly meetings to, you know, analyze their video uh, you know, just discuss how they're feeling. Uh, 
you know, hitting, you know, it's, it's a lot about feeling and, and confidence and those kinds of things. And we're all going to go through some, you know, it's a roller coaster. Uh, I don't care how good the hitter is, is they're not going to be, you know, riding high the whole season. So, uh, but to, to your question about communication, we're not doing anything special other than just trying to be, trying to be accessible in an open book forum and, and to, you know, make them feel that they can approach us with anything, you know, that they may, may think is affecting their, their performance. Right. And I think that's such an, an underrated part of coaching is building those relationships. And like you said, you aren't necessarily doing anything special or unique, but the fact that it's in the forefront of your coaching, I think is so critically important because it takes effort and it takes time to build those relationships and, and that trust to, so you can coach them and you can learn because you mentioned how, you know, every player is different. You coach every player different. You talk to every player different. And the only way to know that is to build that relationship. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I had a girl in my last position at the University of Mary. Um, she was taking a, a, you know, a class on uh, philosophies of coaching or something like that. And she asked me about that. And I said, you know, the best coaches are the best communicators. It's about building relationships and trust. And, you know, the old cliche, you know, they don't care what you know until they, you know, they know how much you care. And, and you know, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of it. We're, we're all <laughs> trying to pull in the same direction. And, you know, you build those relationships. You care about e each one of them. You want to know what they're doing away from softball, away from school. If everything's going good, um, you know, because that affects performance. So, you know, we want to know those things. There's so many of those outside factors that affect performance. And sometimes I feel like as coaches, you know, we're dealing with so much more of that. Um, even for, you know, I've been coaching not as long as you, but I've been coaching for about 20 years now. So I feel like there's a lot more of that extra outside pressures oh. and expectations oh. to deal with. Gosh. Yeah. They got so many distractions nowadays that, you know, people in my era, we never dreamed of having. So yeah, they, they've got a special set of problems that we never faced. All right. So I'm going to take you on a new kind of sort of tangent. Um, okay. All the stuff we talked about before is talking about building trust and you said you don't do anything special. I get, I, yeah, it's not exactly unique, but it sounds like the, you speak with your girls and how you want them to know that you're there for them, not for your own ego. That to me is special. Not many coaches get there. So what do you feel makes your coaching style and the way you work with the girls special because do, would you say your girls trust you more now yeah I hope so I mean I really hope so um you, you know we're not all the way there yet you know I mean it's a process um you know I think there's more and more of them that are you know I wouldn't say getting on board that's probably not the right way to say it but they're just you know getting to that place where they feel like okay uh yeah, I want to discuss this with him and just see what he thinks. Because, you know, I, I think they're, you know, they realize that I try to look at it from a lot of different angles. And we're not going to just, you know, just say this is the way to do it. You know, sometimes we may. Sometimes we may know that, hey, this will definitely fix your problem. Uh, but 
you know, I, I think they understand. I'm not going to belittle them. I'm not going to, you know, I, I try to stay very, very positive. Uh, I, I try to let them know, hey, I've been there. You know, you're not alone. Um, you know, hey, I had a stretch in the minor leagues where, you know, I had like uh, 28 consecutive at-bats without a hit. Um, you know, so it was like almost, you know, seven games. So yeah, no, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, just, just, you know, when you let them know you've been there, you've, you've had that experience. Um, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes that, you know, I, yeah, I, I achieved a lot as far as, you know, not many guys got a chance to play minor league baseball. Not many guys probably, you know, maybe reach the level that I was lucky enough to reach as far as, you know, in my fast pitch softball career. But that doesn't mean I didn't have lots of struggles. You know, like, you know, coming out of baseball, I couldn't stand slow pitch softball. So I was so fortunate that somebody found me in fast pitch softball. I didn't necessarily find it. They found me. And I was so lucky that I struggled. You know, when I first went out and faced good pitching, I struggled because that's what hooked me. And, you know, I mean, and I remind the girls that, you know, it, there's either a personal challenge in yourself that, you, you you know, you can just try to avoid it and escape it, or you can take hit it head on and try to rise above it. And, you know, that's obviously the kinds of players that, you know, we we are, you know, and I think we have them. The girls that we inherited here at Texas, I think they're super hungry to get, you know, to not only get better individually, but, you know, to make special memories, you know, from a college softball career. So I think there, you know, there's some that are coming along. There's some that's a little bit slower. And then now we have the new dynamic of the, you know, the transfers coming in at semester. So there's four new girls that, you know, they're probably a little bit apprehensive, you know, because they had you know, Coach White, Coach Quico, Coach Spencer, Coach Kalitis, you know, and, you know, here I am an outsider in their world. So, you know, there's this another set of people that, you know, we're trying to to create that relationship and that trust. So it's, I'd say it's a never ending process, but you just hope to manage it and get better at it. What would you say for other coaches going through the same thing, new t- teams uh people coming in because it's it's a team dynamics thing right anytime someone new comes in there's always a little bit of that resistance um what are the signs that you see or that you're getting from the girls to know that they're starting to get on board um i think just approaching you you know asking more questions letting their guard down a little bit more you know um you know, those are the big ones, you know, because, you you know, when you have a conversation with somebody, you can sometimes kind of look through their eyes and, and you know, kind of see the apprehension in them, you know, or the, the maybe the doubt, you know, whereas you, you connect with some other kids and it really hits home with them and you can just see them, you know, almost not that they're shaking their head visibly, but, you know, you can almost see that they're buying in through their eyes. So I, I get, maybe it's my age, you know, and I used to teach, you know, elementary PE, you know, I taught high school baseball, high school softball, you know, all those things. So, 
you talk about a lot of people that know a whole lot more than their coaches in high school. There's a lot of parents out there that they know a whole lot more than the high school coaches, <laughs> at least, you know, that's the kids perspective. So, you know, you, you get a, a real good practice at, you know, seeing who's buying in and you can see it in their body mannerisms and things like that. Totally get that. Know what you're talking about. Uh, so in my experience, I was like you in that I was modest. Like I was never going to come into a new team and say like, this is me. This is why I'm awesome. This is why you're going to love me and wish I coached you more. <laughs> but on the flip side, which is why I asked you earlier, because it kind of like rung a bell with me. <laughs> Have you ever had a negative reaction to noticing that they're not buying into you personally? Um, not yet at Texas, but yes, throughout my coaching career, for sure I have. And sometimes, you know, when you ask what, what would you tell a other young coach or whatever, you know, uh, don't let it get too personal. You know, a lot of times these, these young kids have been, uh, I, I'm not going to say brainwashed because that's too harsh, but you know, they've been led to believe that the way they've been taught by somebody in the past is the right way or the only way or whatever. You know, I think insecure coaches tend to try to pound their chest and say, and be more matter of fact that no, by gosh, this is the right way to do it. You know, I think I was more that way as a young coach. But then, like I said, you know, I, I you start getting around other coaches. And if you truly open up your mind and your ears and your eyes, you know, and technology has totally changed, you know, the way I've coached throughout the years. And so I think technology really, really improved coaching because it really proved a lot of the old naked eye uh, old guard coaching ways wrong, you know, and, and you were either going to get on board or you were going to be done because there was so much proof out there that you were wrong. And it's also, and I say enhanced, it's weeded out a lot of the ones that were closed minded. Yeah. Adapting really. I mean, adapting to the game, adapting to technology and, and constantly learning and evolving is so critically important in our profession. Well, and think about all the great creative minds out there that always are coming up with more hitting gadgets or, you know, things to make some piece of the hitting puzzle, you know, stick better or, you know, reinforce better or create a new habit or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> there's so many of them out there. Every, you, you were at the deal there in December. You see all the, you know, the, the, setups of the boost and all that stuff mm -hmm. i mean there's so many of them every year and you better be hungry to learn and get better otherwise people are just going to blow right by you yeah we agree and we noticed that too um but we also feel developing that that athlete with the communication and relationships and really digging into you know the mental part of the game is what's so critically important because every tool in the world, every drill in the world, every technology in the world doesn't matter if your kid isn't confident, right? Oh, so. you hit the nail on the head. We just went over our core values the other day and you know, confidence was a huge one because mm -hmm. you're exactly right. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, you really should only be using hitting drills, you know, when you need that hitting drill. Uh, you know, need to be practicing a lot of the mental strength stuff. Um, you know, we're playing a game full of failure. So, you know, you better learn how to deal with, you know, the failures in some way that you just don't burn yourself out of the game. Um, you know, I, I had one of those moments where, you know, as a young fast pitch player, I couldn't hit the rise ball. So I hit that fork in the road, you know, where it's either give up or it's try to figure out a way to overcome it. And, you know, that was one of those mental moments in my life where, you know, it takes a mentally tough, mentally strong person to, you know, be able to take the failures of, of trying to step up to the highest levels and play against the very, very best. And, you know, and that's what these girls are doing. These are, this is my very first, you know, P5, D1 job. And, and those girls are great athletes, super athletes. That's why they're here. But, you know, that's the biggest piece is which ones are going to be mentally able to handle the, you know, the stresses of P5, D1 softball. I think that that is so huge for any coach. A lot of former players are now becoming coaches who were excellent on the field, but they have a hard time relating to other players because maybe they didn't figure out how to fail, how to work, how to rework, how to make it happen. But I think that is so huge that you're able to empathize with your players while still pushing them through. I think I'm really excited to see your hitters this spring. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> coach, we have one last question for you. Um, we have one last question for you. Who do you as a coach go to for support? Well, you know what? Uh, first off, my wife, um, <laughs> you know, she's, she's been the, the, you know, the selfless half of our 35 plus years together, you know, and she's always, always put her own goals and desires on the back burner. So I could always chase my dreams, you know, whether it was playing, coaching, whatever, um, you know, and all the while, you know, we were struggling to get by living paycheck to paycheck. She, I always, you know, joke with people. She was basically our kids, our three kids, mother and father, you know, cause I was traveling all over the country trying to play high level fast pitch or whatever. And she's taking a kid to softball, a kid to baseball, a kid to cheerleading, you know, and then now, even more recently, I've stressed her out a few times with major career change, you know, decisions, and she's always supported me. And um, yeah, so I mean, you know, she's my number one support piece, you know, for softball specific support. You know, I, I was so fortunate to play on the, you know, the USA team and, you know, meet a lot of people like Coach White. And, um, you know, so I've called on a lot of them throughout the last four years whenever I decided to make the plunge and leave the high school world and try to get into the college world. You know, back when we were on the USA team and they were all doing it, I chose not to because I knew I had a young son coming that I wanted to make sure, you know, I could coach him perhaps in whether little league, high school, whatever. And I was lucky enough to coach him for a few years in high school. So that was, that was, I wouldn't trade that. Yeah. I'm getting a super late start in the college world, but I would have never been able to go back and get that. So, you know, but you know, obviously Coach White, you know, Coach Spencer, Coach Quico. I mean, right here in my, you know, my backyard, right here where I'm at, I've got great support with them. 
you know, I, another funny one is I also love enjoy bouncing ideas, you know, off my 24 year old son. Now he's, you know, he's 24 now. He's a graduate manager for Missouri softball, you know, and he's also trying to play major fast pitch softball at the highest levels. So, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool that he's, you know, he's getting a much earlier start than I did in both as a fast pitch player and in the coaching world. And quite honestly, he's going to be a far better coach than I'll ever be if he decides to go that route. I think he just has a, you know, he has an amazing demeanor. And that's why I love bouncing ideas off of him because, you know, he's, he's close to their age. He gets to see the girls at Missouri, you know, and how they're doing things too. So, you know, for as far as the support staff, that's my immediate support staff. You know, my wife, my son. You know, and then obviously Coach White, Coach Spencer, Coach Cuico. Um, <laughs> I'm very lucky, to be quite honest. Well, that is so cool that you have all that support, and I am so happy for you because some people don't, and it's so needed. It's so important. There are so many times in season, before season, after season, where you need that that bounce back. You need encouragement. You need a reality check sometimes. Oh yeah. So I'm really. Yeah. Happy for you that you have all that. Yeah, it's awesome. It really is awesome. Thank you so much, Coach, for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. No, I, I'm extremely flattered that you even invited me. And true to form, even showing his humility at the end there. Well, we want you to learn from Coach Shaw with today's challenge. Even if you've never played softball yourself, you've been in these girls' shoes before. You've struggled trying to learn something new. You've gotten frustrated when things weren't going your way. You felt like quitting because you can't see a way to make things better. Whether it was in another sport, at your job, or in a relationship, we've all been there. Our challenge to you this week is to find a moment when a player needs some support and find a way to empathize with her. Don't jump straight into assuming that you know exactly what she's feeling, though. Ask first, then ask her again to get a little deeper, and then share with her how you've gotten through something similar before and how you know she can get through it, too. We want to hear how you tackled this challenge and how your players responded. Give us a shout out on social media, shoot us a private message, or for our members, share it in the Dream Team Clubhouse. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something from Coach Shaw, and hope you join us again next week. Talk to you soon.